Hello, everyone. My name is Angelique Jackson, film and media reporter at Variety. And thank you so much for joining us for this very special Variety streaming room conversation about Marvel Studios' WandaVision, which is now streaming on Disney+. Plus. Joining me are head writer Jack Schaefer, director Matt Shackman, series stars Katherine Hahn as Agnes, Tiana Paris as Monica Rambeau, and last but certainly not least, Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda Maximoff. And can I call you the Scarlet Witch now? Is this a thing? Can I officially say that? I think so. I think I think that's what our show ended with, right? Yeah. <laughs> what is it like to now kind of be at that? We've gotten this series as this kind of semi-origin story for that character, but also the all the backstory of Wanda and really getting to flesh out who she is for the fans. I mean, it, this whole experience was a, like a huge gift that I, I didn't expect Marvel to give me. And um, Jack did such a beautiful job recognizing opportunity and the stories that we had told and these little pieces that have been, that were said or unsaid. And I think the thing that that she did most brilliantly was give Wanda a sense of her own agency. And um, and I think that even, you know, she her ability to have control over her destiny, whether or not that was um, a good thing or a bad thing. And um, and so I think it was it was just a gift to get to make this young woman into a fully accountable woman superhero. Um, and I got to work with all these guys and our crew and, and it really was impossible and the greatest time. Well, Jack and Matt, for you, having this kind of wrap up with the series finale, knowing that it's this nine episode arc, how did that help you in the storytelling process of figuring out, you know, where to take Wanda from through to the end? Jack, I'll start with you. Sure. I, I mean, it was really, it was, it was actually my first foray into television. Um, and we, you know, we used the feature model, you know, as one of the first of um, Marvel Studios TV shows. Um, and so it was a complete story from the beginning. Um, and we were always ramping toward acceptance. Um, the show was mapped to the stages of grief. And so the point was always to get Wanda to the place where um, she can fully understand um, both her her reality and and the trauma that she's been through and the people that she's lost, but also stepping into acceptance of herself as the Scarlet Witch. Um, so, I mean, it was, I, I can't imagine having done it and being like, I don't know, what are the episodes? Like, that seems crazy to me. It was, <laughs> it was, it was beautiful to always know that it was going to be a complete story. And, and the, the challenge, that was not the challenge. Um, we knew where we were going and we knew that these actors would, would bring it home in a fully emotionally complete way. There are plenty of other challenges, but that yeah. one thankfully was yeah. not one of them. I, Matt Chuckman will now speak for four hours about the challenges of making the show. <laughs> not at all. I mean, you know, I, I think one of the things that was so appealing to me when I started was that Jack knew from the beginning that this was a story about exploring loss, about exploring grief and how we overcome trauma. And so even though the show was gonna take wild swings stylistically, that it always had that beating at its heart. And so when you go back and look at those earlier episodes, you can see that sort of lake of trauma underneath you know, percolating and popping in during the dinner sequence. And you can see that the first episode is based on this idea of denial that 
you know, that that Lizzie's character and Paul's character, they don't know where they are, how they got there. The, the whole thing beats with such a huge heart that allows you to go and do crazy things with comedy and crazy things with stylistic and tonal exploration. So for me, that was sort of, that was there from the get-go in, in Jack's conception of it. And it just made it so much fun for all of us, you know, the actors and the crew and me to, to play around in this incredible sandbox. And of course, Catherine and, and, and Tiana, you guys really uh, get to explore kind of your own origin stories in this series as well. I introduced you, Catherine, as Agnes, but we all know that it was in fact Agatha all along. So what is it like now being able to discuss that? Um, it is, it is, we were talking about before, it is definitely a relief. Like I, I had been biting my tongue for so long and I have a couple of friends that are, uh, huge comic book aficionados who, and every time they kind of tried to pass me a second glass of wine, I would have to stop myself um, for sure. Um, <laughs> but it was like what these guys were saying, like for this, I, I, for this to be the pro the my like e entry into this kind of live action Marvel world was like a dream a dream and in this part that I was like able to play so many, you know, that basically I am playing an actor in it. <laughs> like that, that Agatha gets to try on all these other roles and that, that, you know, that one could say that she would be, she's the, 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 what the villain, but I also, I, I would beg to differ and that I don't think I do that many horrible, horrible things. And I actually kind of, I'm mean, what's keeping a couple of children captive and, a couple of blasts of power, but really she was letting this, you know, guide this woman to her real power, to finding and, and looking at who she really, really, really is. And so, um, and then to be able to play with that one, Elizabeth Olsen, who's just so incredible, makes me want to cry. This whole thing was really, really special. Yeah, I mean, what a tremendous, ensemble this was. I mean, you guys got to have, it seems, so much fun playing off of each other. Tiana, I'm coming to you next because it is also a Monica Rambeau origin story as well. You know, we've gotten to see her a little bit as a young girl, as Akira Akbar, but now we're getting a chance to see you embody the role. What was it, what is it like now being able to discuss kind of her evolution that we get to see through the series? Um, like Catherine, I was, I was just happy that it was put into the world because the way this Marvel fandom are very passionate and very eager, it is very difficult to try to keep all the secrets. So I'm, I'm really excited that it's in the world. And, and it was just so much fun being able to go back to the comic books to see who Monica Rambeau is. She's had such a long legacy in the comic books and has worked with so many different superheroes. So even getting to go back and see her with the Scarlet Witch and with Vision and getting to work with Paul and Lizzie who have been in this universe for so, you know, they're vets at this thing and just watching them really have the opportunity and the space and the breadth to explore these characters in such a deep way it was really fun. And just, I mean, I just had a bunch of fun. And like uh, Catherine was saying, it, it's my first time into this live action world. And while it is so big and so epic with this group of people, it really did feel like 
sometimes like we were making this small little love story and grief, this story of grief, um, the way that Matt and Jack structured it and um, massaged it to also be very much about the story we're telling and not just the um, the visuals and the epicness of it all, you know? It is. It's a very intimate story. And also, I'm so glad to have these three amazing ladies here, too, because I do feel like it's also a very female-centric piece. There's a lot of nuance that lands with this being Wanda's origin story as a woman. Um, Lizzie and, and Jack, can you speak a little bit more to that as well? The idea that this is, you know, there, there's a lot of like, and I don't really want to say girl power here, but <laughs> there is, there's a really kind of like female angle to what she is going through. And that seems to be important to the storyline. I mean, I, I, I love women. I'm, I'm surrounded by women in my life. And like, I, you know, my sisters, my friends, my, my mom, my niece, like everything that I do, I'm going to populate with women. And I was lucky enough to um, to enter into the Marvel space, um, working with a lot of the female characters. Um, um, yeah, I mean, d- women are the best. I like women, <laughs> women like good at their jobs and like being emotional and being flawed and being sexy and cute and flirty and like, you know, all the colors. So um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a huge um, priority of mine and it's what I know. And the writer's room was, was majority women. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, like you said, like, look at these, look at the women that, <laughs> that we assembled. Um, so um, I feel really lucky. Also, I also, and, and I, Lizzie, I would love, you know, for you to speak to this too, but the um, showing Wanda as a mother, I think was a really important and special piece to the story. I'm a mother. I have two boys. Um, it felt very personal to me, um, but it was just, it was really lovely to sort of, um, write a superhero character that we're familiar with um, into her becoming a mother, like fast-tracked in the most superhero way possible. Well, I think the greatest thing about the, the, the metaphor of parenting in connection to the story, in connection with this time the show is released, is this desire to protect and create bubbles for the people we love. And this um, wanting to control what people can be exposed to. And I feel like that's why this show when it was released, you know, kind of, I mean, obviously accidentally, we didn't know there was gonna be a a looming pandemic we were making our show. Um, But I feel like that is something that people saw themselves in. Everyone had to retreat back to the family nucleus, um, whatever that means to them. But um, the other thing about women's power is you can't tell a story about a couple of witches and not talk about um, female mystery and empowerment. And I, I think it's, it's just it's fun to get to play witches and for the Scarlet Witch to finally um, become the Scarlet Witch and not just kind of the science experiment that it, this was her fate. Absolutely. I, I love that idea too, that yes, this was her fate. This was who she was always meant to become. It just, you know, unfortunately took a lot of trauma, but it also just took yep. a, a lot of things for her to, to get there. Yes, we do wish this was an easier road for Wanda. Unfortunately, it's not where we're at. Um, this series, though, kicks off in the 50s with that homage to the Dick Van Dyke show and other series of that era. You guys had this incredible live audience. What is the scene that you'll remember most from that taping, Elizabeth? 
Oh, gosh. It's a fast memory. Um, Paul slipped like a banana peel fall. And um, he was running back and forth between the two rooms with the slide, between the kitchen and the living room with the with the um, push-through door. And um, totally slipped as, like, legs up, um, like, you know, just banana peel, like it was a cartoon. And the entire audience started laughing, thinking that it was all planned. And he totally hurt his ankle. Um, but that, that's what really um, stuck out to me because it, you know, it was so live. And the audience really felt like they were with us. And that's why they enjoyed that moment. <laughs> We find out that not only was Wanda someone who retreated into sitcoms as a way of, you know, bonding with her family and then therefore having this catharsis as she was watching them after um, at, in the Avengers compound, that in particular, that Walnut episode was really important. So I'd love to talk to you guys kind of about the Easter eggs and the incredibly detailed storytelling that went into that. Matt, you were actually the first person to mention the Walnut episode to me um, in a previous interview. So I would love to know, you know, the building of this world and the building of these homages and how you guys really narrowed them down. Well, that's one of the great episodes of television. And so it, it's worthy of being honored, um, the Walnut episode. But it's also the episode of Dick Van Dyke that goes the craziest. And in a way, it's the closest to WandaVision, right? Because we have our moments within WandaVision where... Um, the sitcom is derailed by the Twilight Zone or sort of get out moments where what is underneath is starting to percolate through. So the Walnut episode was a great touchstone, it was something that, that the writer's room gravitated to, Jack and team, early on because it is this really special episode that goes to a pretty crazy place. Um, I think all of the shows that we um, referenced are timely and timeless. You know, they were really popular in their era, but somehow they've managed to remain relevant and resonant uh, throughout time. You know, and the Dick Van Dyke show is still as funny as, you know, now as it was back then. So, uh, you know, these, these, these particular um, reference points were these shows that just had stood the test of time. And they were also family shows. They were shows that represented this strong family dynamic, this, you know, this place where you could take refuge with your loved ones, which is what Wanda obviously wants. So we didn't do Taxi, we didn't do, you know, um, The Office. We stuck around with shows that were that were about family and were about what Wanda was looking for, um, and we needed to recreate them perfectly because Wanda is, you know, sort of the wielder of chaos magic, which is the power of creation. She can create things out of whole cloth, so the sitcom she was going to create was going to be perfect down to every last detail. So we didn't want to, you know, get on the bad side of the Scarlet Witch. So we had to work really hard to make that happen. Well, we have a look here at episode one, kind of one of those true sitcom setups, the early misunderstandings between Wanda and Vision. Take a look. Wanda, hmm. is there something special about today? Well, I know the apron is a bit much, dear, but I am doing my best to blend in. No, no, there on the calendar, someone's drawn a little heart right above today's date. Oh yes, the heart. Hmm. <laughs> Well, don't tell me you have forgotten, Viz. Forgotten? Oh, wonder. I'm incapable of forgetfulness. I remember everything. That's not an exaggeration. In fact, I'm incapable of exaggeration. Well, then tell me what's so important about today's date. <laughs> what was the question again? <laughs> oh, God, perhaps you've forgotten yourself. Gee, heavens no. I've been so looking forward to it. As have I. Today, we are celebrating 
You bet we are. It's the first time we have ever celebrated this occasion before. It's a special day. Perhaps an evening. Great significance. To us both. Naturally. Obviously. Exactly. <laughs> Hold on us. When it comes to an episode like that, Jack, and you guys are trying to kind of figure out how are we going to set up this world of Wanda and Vision and, and also find these like kind of epic cadences that we're going to kind of play with in, in the 1950s uh, setup. What were some of the keys to getting that right? And what do you remember about the tape day? Um, yeah, the, uh, the tape day was like, oh my gosh. I mean, that was just like heaven that it, it was like everything coming together in this incredible way. And the set looked so bananas because it was, it was painted in such a way, you know, Matt and, and the department heads were, um, Mark Worthington, um, production designer were so clever and, and, um, Tara DeMarco with the like the visual effects and knowing that vision had to be blue in order to look the right level of of red and the black and white world. So like all of that, it was it was very surreal and really thrilling. And like I just felt like my head was spinning around the entire time. Um, and it was such a dream for the longest time. Um, Mary Lovanos, producer Mary Lovanos and I in the room, we were like, can we do it? You know, in front of a live studio audience. And then when Matt came on, he was like, yeah. And we were like, yeah, what he said, we're going to do this. <laughs> So that that was really really epic. Um, you know that the writing the pilot was really terrifying. Um, we had plotted the whole season, like we knew what it was going to be. Like all of the complicated stuff, for the most part, felt like the mythology felt like it was kind of worked out. And then when I went to write the pilot, I was like, oh oh no, I have to write a perfect episode of the Dick Van Dyke Show. <laughs> How does one do that? Um, so it was the writers' room really came to my rescue. Um, it was actually our writer's assistant, Clay LaPerry, who came up with the heart um, misunderstanding. Because I was like, in these shows, isn't there like a misunderstanding? Isn't that how this stuff works? Um, and he was like, heart, you know, heart, and then their name is heart. And I was like, yes, thank goodness you're here. Um, so it was, it was, it was very, it was deceptively hard to put together. The people who made those shows were at the top of their game. They were at the, they were the best at what they did. Um, and then, you know, I was lucky enough that I knew that I had a team full of people who would, who would make it sing in such a transcendent way. And of course, in that episode is when we get our introduction to the nosy neighbor. We get a chance to meet Agnes. Catherine, how did you find acting in front of that studio audience and, and feeding off of their energy? Well, I think one of the blessings of this whole experience, and again, I know, you know, just from what I had assumed, not typical of like a, a typical Marvel joint was that it was, we were able to have like a, a rehearsal process and Matt comes from the theater. Um, that's how I know him actually is from his from theater days a million years ago. And, and he um, to to be able to have the luxury of an ensemble building um, a theater company, basically, um, was and that it was the first episode was such a gift because you felt that that like what Tiana was talking about, like the we, we were able to feel that an intimacy and that it was based in emotion with all this stuff going around. So I, I have done theater before, um, but I certainly the fear for me and this was to, to and this is to Jack's credit, the fact that the jokes are so are so uncynical and they're so of the time period that I was like, are they going to land like with a real audience? Like you might need to bolster it with some canned laughter, but the joy of walking to listening backstage to that first opening scene 
and and hearing a, the genuine laughter um, at what Paul and Lizzie were doing was like I'm telling. It was like I have goosebumps thinking about it because it was such a magical afternoon. Um, that it was that there is something in us still as human creatures <laughs> that can laugh at something that's unironic and um, and and buoyant. Lizzie, for you, how did you when you when you think about that moment? I know we talked about kind of the pratfall with 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 Paul, but for you and and kind of in knowing that maybe this Wanda thing is going to work, was it was it a validating kind of moment? Yeah, I, I think I got um, I got such a crazy adrenaline rush during it. I hadn't been in front of an audience in in a while, um, and I also it. It, I think it really set us up to to feel like we could swing really big, and um, so it was like a it was a perfect way to start, and yeah, it was it was it was terrifying, and and it felt silly because I was like, we're doing this for six months. Why are we spending two days on one episode? <laughs> that is so silly, but it worked, and it was great, and. Um, yeah, there's such incredible energy to it. And it, there's something really unifying about it as well with um, with our crew dressing up like the 50s and our uh, brilliant costumer, Maya, throwing pins and sweaters on her costume girls for the quick changes, the whole thing. It was, everyone was really spirited and um, it really started off our our long journey in a really positive way. So that's kind of the beginning of our relationship with Wanda and Agnes, who later, of course, again, becomes Agatha. But we have the relationship between Wanda and Geraldine just starts out with a nice handshake at a very awkward lunch and <laughs> turns into her helping you deliver your babies. Yeah. How did the two of you guys find building the characters in the, in the scenes in which, you know, we don't know yet that she's Monica Rambeau? Well, I, I mean, Tiana and I, um, we got to start with um, the stork. That's where we started. And the stork leads into all of, you know, or before the stork or all the coats and getting, I mean, it, the whole thing was such practical chaos and it was so funny. And what I'm doing in comparison to what Tiana is doing it's polar opposite. And she's just like gabbing and telling the greatest story and just like holding her throne. And I'm just acting like a fool the whole time. And I, it was, it was so much fun. It was one of my favorite couple days on set. It was, it was so stupid, the stuff that I had to do or got to do. And it felt so good to be so stupid. You feel like, you feel like you're, you know, a 10 year old in your summer theater program all over again, just hamming it up. I was saying, watching Lizzie do her practical um, uh, effects with like the coat changes with the person in the green suit coming and literally Lizzie had to freeze and then they would change her coat and she would have to start over in that exact same spot. And me trying to remember what this story is while there's a person in green walking around with a stork mouth trying to get at my pants it was a lot I was sweating so bad that day and just like how did I get hired what is happening I, oh my gosh am I doing this right there was just so many 
other elements besides just connecting. But I think that's also what helped Lizzie and I just, we just got to trust each other because we feel ridiculous. So we're here together. Let's just go for it, girl. Man will let us know if it's too much. I'm here for you. What do you want to do? What do you want to try? So it was a lot of fun. I'll just interrupt to say as a fan that that particular scene is so, it is, was, is so magical to think about what, what focus Tiana had to hold on to and what Lizzie was holding on to that, that Jack and those writers certainly didn't make it easy for actors in the best possible way. There was so much to, to, to chew on and, and, and of course, anyway, I, I was in awe of that scene when I saw it, that they were able to hold so much focus with all of the stuff around. Again, our theater director, ensemble creator. And also with, I just, I, I'm going to, I'm going to chime in as well. Just with Tiana, like it was, it, it was so hard to like, we were like, how are we going to find someone who's going to do all the sitcom stuff? And then, and then be Monica Rambeau, like superhero. And, on, and I was like, oh no, how, like it's going to, and then, and then that all of when we were shot that and, and like Tiana and your beautiful smile and like all of like your incredible, like, like channeling of the sitcom greats in those moments and all the craziness. And I was like, oh no, we're going to get to the pop-up base and no one's going to want to see her be serious Monica Rambeau. And I was wrong because she was also incredibly amazing and like stoic and tough and cool. And, and uh, yeah, that all of that was, was like, Matt and I were so lucky to have all of that in, in Tiana to make our money. Thank you, Janet. No, it was, it was great. Uh, I, and when I saw that audition, like when they sent the audition, they sent the Geraldine stuff and there was no context to it. So I definitely was like, you, you just had to really trust Matt and what the folks were telling us to do. Um, I think we all felt that. And even sometimes uh, Lizzie and I would be on there and Matt would say, um, you, you you can go further. You can go more. We're like, man, I don't know. <laughs> like, how much more handing can we do? But he also told us, okay, that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> so we you you we we definitely just had to trust Matt and his vision and and just go for it. And of course, well, thanks. I was just gonna say it's true for everybody in this cast. Like, I think that, that it was I don't know if it was Jack's term or Mary's term, the Swiss Army knife. Just this idea that that everybody in this cast from Lizzie and Tiana and Catherine and Paul and you know everybody really Randall Evan you know, Kat everybody had to be able to do everything you know from highly stylized comedy to incredibly moving dramatic scenes to these big action things um, and people, you know that's just so rare to find one actor who can do that let alone an ensemble um, a theater company who could do that and so hats off to this amazing cast because it was just a sheer pleasure to see them be so fearless every day and take these incredible risks. And again, interrupting, but like, again, like what a gift for an actor because who, what actor doesn't want to be able to do all of that in one thing? Like it was a, just a, every day was like a gift of another kind of challenge that you wear, that it was like the scale was this, like, that we were the costumes with like it was it all of that stuff was like so I would echo it and say that um, from an actor point of view it also was like the bars now unfortunately like you know way too high okay goodbye no thank you guys because I do want to know watching it back as fans what was one of the moments that just works for you on a level that you weren't even expecting you were like oh wow this was actually 
really interesting how we changed this up or did this here. Um, you know, obviously there's a lot of green and blue screen that you're involved with. So there are things that you, you know, were had to imagine, but also just like the, the inner work of it too. And, and Matt, I see you are immediately well, unmuted. I was just going to say, I never imagined that Catherine Hahn would climb the iTunes charts and beat Cardi B and Justin Bieber. That may have been the greatest revelation of the entire experience. That was indeed uh, a bucket list item I did not know I had, and now I popped it off. It was amazing. <laughs> Do you have like a Grammy speech prepared? I know that's not what. <laughs> well, I should just give it now because this is our chance, guys. What 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 do you need to say to the people? I would I would say this I would say this in terms of something surprising me when I saw it after watching after doing it was the was the we called it the Scrooge episode where I get to show Wanda's where she came where she has to kind of like live in and relive in her moments and I remember we were like ah. Oh, how is this gonna like land? How is it gonna all piece together? How, and I think it's because this one's performance just like is so extraordinary in that episode that I, anyway, it's like the most moving one to me. I like hit me on such a level and to see it all together like that, not knowing that of course Jack's genius structure and Matt is a direct, like th that was a, a surprise episode for me watching is how moved I was by it, like le legit amazing made me cry uh jack for you um yeah I, I mean i had a, the moments that i had a lot of faith in were sort of like bigger and better than i expected like i knew evan's appearance would be a sort of like i was hoping it would be sort of like an internet breaking scenario and that was bigger than i expected um and because we didn't know if it was like it took a long time to make like logistically wasn't going to happen. And it was so exciting. Um, and the, you know, the goodbye um, scenes between um, the, the uh, between Wanda and Vision and the boys and then specifically between Lizzie and Paul at the end. Um, I, you know, I, I, I knew that like they're incredible performers, so I knew it'd be amazing, but yeah, it like reduces me to nothing. But the surprise for me, I, I, so I wasn't on set for the commercials because of COVID times. And so I saw all the commercials fresh, 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 and was like, you know, obviously I knew Matt was going to kill it, but that was, that was fun for me just to be like this. Oh my God, look what happened. <laughs> so that, that was a, that was particularly fun to look at those dailies and get fired up. Tiana, was there one for you? Uh, yeah, I think for me, what I didn't expect was when, once we started watching as a fan and as an audience member with the, the real Marvel fandom, they were showing me things that I didn't know was there and that meant something. I'm off to the side like, hey, is that what we meant? Is it like, does this mean something? I'll be honest, the whole, um, the, the tech that the the person I was going to see the way people were fired up I actually was like did I who am I meeting did I forget is it did I not fully understand like they were so adamant and then also just you know being new to the universe not realizing that every single thing you say will be scrutinized and you see like they're like oh she said Wanda did this, I'm like, no, I didn't, I didn't do that, I promise, and, and so it was just a lot of new things like that, like joining the fandom and watching it as an audience member and seeing the Easter eggs and also realizing that, uh, yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot, I'm trying to keep up. 
Was there an Easter egg that we didn't catch? I don't think, I feel like everybody was very, very on it. Or one that, Lizzie, I'll ask you this. Was there one that you were surprised that people, or that you really hoped people caught that they either did or didn't? One that you were really hoping people would catch on to? Well, I, I think I don't know about them. <laughs> that's the truth. I, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, You're like, I oh, that's, that I, means something? Yeah, I didn't know about like, like I poured the wine. I had not, I didn't know anything about the bottle. Um, so, you know, I just knew, I don't know. I'm always surprised to discover um, what is, uh, what is hidden within projects that I spend a long time on. <laughs> it's what so was that true. scene for you that you are watching it back as a fan um, that maybe landed differently for you watching it than it did performing it. Oh God! Have you had a I chance to watch it? I I I watched it. Um, I watched it. Yeah, I watched it before people before it was out. I was Matt was um, very kind and shared them with me, um, which I really appreciated because I think I needed to watch it on my own time because you know what was hard for me is I was continuing her journey. I know it's gonna sound so actory and stupid but I was continuing Wanda's journey. And so it was hard for me to actually, enjoy. I just got back from England a day and a half ago. And so it's still hard for me to kind of come back to this and um, just enjoy. And I, and I look forward to actually watching it with fresh eyes, to be honest, because I, I feel like I didn't really get that experience. Well, one of my favorite moments in the series is actually one of the more comedic ones. It is your cold open for episode <laughs> seven. Please take a look at this clip. Look, we've all been there, right? <sighs> Letting our fear and anger get the best of us, intentionally expanding the borders of the false world we created. <laughs> soon? Mom, our game is freaking out. Is she asleep? Mommy's not sleeping, honey. She's just resting her eyes. Mom, my head feels weird. It's like really noisy. I don't like it. Resting her as punishment for my reckless evening, I plan on taking a quarantine-style staycation. A whole day, just to myself. That'll show me. <sighs> so in this moment, I mean, first of all, it's just a brilliant comedic performance. How did you manage that cadence that like, it is just, it's just epic, honestly. Well, I mean, Matt can, Matt can tell, like can fact check me, but I believe we we're like maybe on overtime and maybe it was like really late at night and we had been working really hard for three months. And I think I was just already, I was, I was in the denial phase. I was in like, 
you know, I done, I'm done with bargaining. You know, I was just, it was, I was really, I think, um, I, I think I was just tired and I, uh, had the most fun doing that part of that episode. I mean, but I have to say, I think Julie Bowen like put out a thing saying like you honored our show and, and my character in such a brilliant way. I don't know if you saw that she posted because I, I was just amazed at how you comfortably sat in that world so perfectly. Um, like it really just felt like you walked off the modern family set and onto the WandaVision set. Um, but those, those are really fun days. I remember just having the best time. And also, I mean, just no one can work a, a docu style comedy like Catherine Hahn with her looks to camera and like eyebrow raises and all of that. So fun. It was, it was a great episode to work on. And of course we find out in the later episodes that Agatha was actually there. Listen, there's so much <laughs> that we could dig into with this series. I, I I don't even know how to wrap up a conversation like this, but when you think of all the themes and the kind of the legacy of WandaVision, Lizzie, I'm, I'm gonna bring this one to you. What do you hope that people take away from this show the most? Oh gosh, that's always such a hard question to answer no matter what you do. Oh goodness. Um, I think the the theme of acceptance and forgiveness and I think is very important in our world and I feel like we are all very quickly to we we, we are quick to judge but not quick to forgive which is fine and fair um, but I do think forgiveness is a superpower and so is acceptance and so I I don't know maybe something about that no I think that's brilliant I I, I think it says a lot you I think of the idea that um, Monica kind of gets her superpowers by confronting her own grief and wanting to help Wanda with hers. You know, that is something that I feel like we see a lot through this series. Uh, does anyone else have a, a legacy of, of WandaVision to add? What do you guys think that the kind of the takeaway is from this series? I mean, we had talked about from the beginning. I, I mean, I remember just like like the idea, and I think Lizzie had said this at the beginning, but the idea of the hex and the idea of like, you know, even the experience of making this show, it was like, you could see the hex dissolving, like as we were getting closer and closer to wrapping, um, which was like, which was over so much time and like, so it's so dear and special to, to me, I know to all of us, like in such unexpected ways. So like, I guess the idea of being, of also just being present that, that just being completely in the, in the moment it was something that I certainly took away from this. And, and the fact that it was able to be watched, not bingeable, but every every Thursday, some people got up very early, but Friday evening, I love you, but you know, Friday evening on like a regular basis, it kind of became like the hearth of the family. Again, there was something about bringing generations together to watch it um, that happened, just all happened to co collide at like this perfect time. So that's something that I will feel very nostalgic for was watch the experience of watching it as a family every Friday night, which is what I did as a kid. Tiana, Jack, Matt. I mean, it was really well said by everybody, but this, the show was a giant love letter to television. So it was a great way for Marvel to, to launch into the television space. And I think that it came out during a really tough time for the world and had, you know, thematic residence, like Lizzie said, for what was going on. We were all suffering with loss and dealing with this tragedy. 
Um, and it did bring generations together. I heard many stories about, you know, grandparents who were explaining the Dick Van Dyke show to grandchildren who were in turn saying, well, this is what Vision and Scarlet Witch are, and this is what these characters are. And, and to have that happen also as we're also isolated and, and struggling to be connected the way we want to, um, I think was really special. Um, and yeah, coming out weekly and, and, and reminding everyone about the power of that and, and a conversation that can happen about, about a television show coming out, I think is really special. And I'm glad that, that Disney Plus is releasing that way and that we were allowed to do that. Yeah, for me, I think the, um, the positioning of not judging someone by what you initially see and think, but trying to understand who they are and what their motives might be. I just think, you know, we're in such a cancel culture time that a lot of times people just jump to conclusions. So watching Monica um, and uh, Wanda, empathize with Wanda and go try to get to the heart of the matter and just having so many women at the forefront also with Lizzie carrying this bad boy along with uh, Paul beside her. And then you have our villain, not villainous, Catherine says she's not, um, the amazing Catherine. And then Monica, this person coming in, trying to empathize with everyone. I just, as a fan and as a human, loved seeing all of these stories of these women at the forefront and flushed out and interesting and complicated. And um, yeah, so I think that's uh, my takeaway or give to the world, the, the thing I'm proud of with this project. And Jack, we'll wrap it up with you. Um, sure, that was really beautiful, Tiana. That's so lovely. I love I love your take on Monica so much. Oh, um, I I think you know everything that was said. Absolutely, I I, I will always like hold such a special place in my heart. How the show premiered and that it did seem to resonate with all of us and and be part of our collective processing. Um, the you know the design of the show was was always about Wanda sort of looking inward and finding what she needed inside herself. Um, and so I think, I hope that that is, is one of the prevailing messages of the show is that it is about, you know, human resilience um, and that it is about, you know, being honest with yourself and, and doing the work and looking inside and that, and that there will be allies around you um, to support you and help you. Um, yeah, therapy, man, it's all about therapy. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'll be sending you directly my bill. <laughs> this show was my therapy, so I was greatly appreciated. And the best part about this series is that even though WandaVision may have had its series finale, we will get to continue Wanda's journey. And now we can say again, the Scarlet Witch's journey in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And we'll be seeing more of Monica in the Marvels. So congratulations, ladies, and congratulations, gentlemen, um, Matt. <laughs> thank you all so much for joining us for this Variety Streaming Room conversation. And thank you guys all so much for digging into WandaVision. Thank you. Thank you, thank you so much.